Welcome. You're listening to the 10 Minute Tuesday Talk podcast, a place where we engage practical issues through a theological lens. And I'm Stephanie Fermenti, the Chapel Associate for Discipleship. And I'm Hannah Bloomquist, the Resident Director of Andreas and the Student Apartments. And we hope that these conversations will lead us to wisdom and truth. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back. This is episode four of 10 Minute Tuesday Talks, and we are so thankful that you have tuned in today. Um, We will have just two more episodes after this, so keep an eye out for those final, final episodes. But today, we have a guest joining us, and we're really happy about that. Yes, I am excited to introduce to you guys Lana Hill. Lana is a senior, and she was actually my RA in Andreas for two years, so I had the privilege of getting to meet with her and get to know her pretty well. And we've invited her here because she has done some really interesting research for her capstone that we would love to unpack with her. So Lana, maybe tell us a little bit about your SIP and what it's entitled and some of the research that you have kind of engaged in. Yes, thank you so much for having me. This is such an honor to be here with you. And yeah, so the title of my capstone is The Effects of Overlooking Dark-Skinned Black Women as an Ideal Partner. So within that, I have looked at how perceptions of beauty have been affected by color. So the images that we consume have actually informed what we consider to be beautiful and attractive, and that has filtered in and affected the way we relate to one another. And the reality is there are very few dark-skinned women portrayed and considered as beautiful and attractive by the world's definition and visual archive. That sounds super interesting. Um, And there's also probably a lot there. But what we want to hone in on today is this idea of beauty. Mm. Um, And in line with this series, we want to examine the truth behind how we define what is beautiful, as well as look at the ways that sin has distorted our understanding of beauty. And then we want to focus on how color impacts our perception and experiences of beauty. And this is where Mm -hmm. Lana's research is going to be so helpful. Yeah. And so starting with the truth, Um, Interestingly enough, in order to use this term beautiful in a way that is faithful to the definition of the biblical word, it actually has to encompass the whole person, Mm -hmm. which is interesting. And something we forget that is that God is this creator and beholder of beauty, and he is described as beautiful. And so it can't be reduced to just this physical appearance. Mm -hmm. And so all that is true. But when we consider even our physical appearance, our, our bodies, Um, our physicality, we see that God's beauty is displayed through incredible diversity. So our understanding of beauty should not be limited to the world standard, but instead our understanding of beauty from a biblical perspective has to be more robust and it has to delight in the variation of God's creation. And it's sad that we even have to say that we need a more robust theology that recognizes that every color, shape, and size is beautiful. Yes, because the reason that every color, shape, and size is beautiful is because every single individual is made in the image of God. Mm -hmm. Um, The Imago Dei is key here. But when we are inundated with images that emphasize the world's definition of beauty, we have to sometimes work hard to push back against that. Um, But when we do, we get to engage in a fuller and richer experience of God's beauty. Mm -hmm. When God's definition of beauty is replaced with a worldly definition of beauty, and then when we live into that, it actually has pretty significant impact on our perceptions of identity and beauty and the way that we see and regard others. Um, So kind of with that foundation, Mm -hmm. now we're going to jump into Lana's 
research. So Lana, what have you discovered in your research about how women of color specifically mm-hmm. experience their perceptions of identity and beauty? What factors are at play here? Yes. So what has struck me in my research and just what I've experienced and observed, I have found out that black women, specifically darker skinned black women, are affected in three specific ways. And first, that is sexism and that just refers to misogyny and just looking down on someone because of the stereotypes in their gender and specifically women all women kind of experience this in some way and racism is more that the black community experience in holes and then next colorism is the preferential and or privileged treatment of those with lighter skin and it penalizes those with darker skin and so what we see is that with darker skinned black women they are a rare group that encounter all three of these simultaneously and one particular way that dark skinned black women are experience this is because they are asked out on dates less and this also has implications on the way that they are portrayed in social media and entertainment. And on a larger scale, it affects our framework work of what beauty is. It is so helpful to understand those definitions and how they are at play in this conversation around our perceptions of beauty. Um, I know another thing you've mentioned, Lana, in our conversations is this idea of how our visual archives play a role in our own definitions of beauty. So could you talk about that maybe a little bit more? Yeah, so I have to shout out Dr. Whitebroat. She's amazing. And she does talk about visual archives. And so what I have understood this to be are the images that we ingest in our daily lives and constantly. And so one prominent way is through our Instagram feeds. So if we ask ourselves, what kind of men or women do the beautiful people on my feet look like? Will we start to see patterns? For example, when I'm on Pinterest, I have to actually search black women wearing uh, this type of dress or a black woman wearing this type of jewelry in order for me to see people that actually look like me on Pinterest. And I've realized that social media feeds you what they know that you want and our algorithms align to what you value. So we have the authority to change that. And so not just with social media and apps, also with the movies that we watch and the television shows and rom-coms, a lot of romantic comedies too. And so even with the people that we talk about about with our friends in our halls and in our community, are we willing to ask ourselves if the women that we are described are as beautiful, are they diverse? Oh, Lana, those are great questions. And I feel like they're good questions for all of us to be asking. Um, one thing though, Lana, I'm wondering is kind of what are you hoping for? What's something that you would want to come out of this research and even in our time together today? Thanks for asking that. Yeah. So the first thing we talked about archives and I would just encourage us to build our, our, our archives. And so I talked about Pinterest earlier and it's not only what Pinterest feeds that what you are accustomed to looking at but maybe we just take inventory of different images and ads that we are being fed on our on our social media so is there a pattern to what you are looking at do all the people you are looking at fit in a box or are they limited to fitting within a cultural norm of beauty so 
Usually this means the European descent with lighter, lighter skin. So if we notice that this is happening, then maybe we need to acknowledge that we have actually limited our scope of beauty and our understanding of what beautiful diversity we experience through God's people. And so secondly, I would just also like to bring awareness. I've noticed that sometimes when I t wrestle with this or when I tell people about it, they really don't know that this is an issue. And I think that's because it's not, it's not very overt, but it's more of a covert issue that you don't really have to engage in unless you are looking for it or unless you are experiencing it. And But once you become aware, I've talked with Bloom about this, that once you see something, you can't unsee it. And so we have to wrestle with what do we do with our newfound knowledge and the new eyes that we see the, the world in. And so I think a key um, reminder is that if someone is hurting as, as believers, that means that this is a person in the body of Christ. And when one person in the body of Christ is hurting, then the entire body hurts as with them. And so this issue just really does get to the body of Christ. And I think our tendency can sometimes be when someone's hurting, we just kind of have pity on them and feel sorry for them. And I just wanted to encourage us against that actually, and because pity kind of communicates that we are looking down on someone and we are, but however, if we view them as a member of the body of Christ, that means that we can listen and we can empathize, learn and speak truth about this person with wholeness and to see them as being a part of the Imago Dei. Yeah. And that's something that I think you and um, Bloom and you and Stephanie are doing right now, just like by listening. And lastly, and most importantly, we just need to realize that this is a gospel issue and seeing more black women go out on dates would be great. However, this won't fix the issue. We must go back to the gospel, and the gospel is what informs our identity and gives us framework of what beauty to live out of. That's wonderfully said, Lana. Um, thanks so much for joining us. We are so thankful for you. Thank you. And um, we're going to have to wrap up this episode, but keep an eye out for next week's episode. We're going to sort of build on this foundation and talk about the body from a biblical point of view. So tune in next week.